Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to Smoking and Toasting, where the theme of the show is going to be Serenity Now. Serenity Now. Serenity Now. Do you? Do, we're trying to remember just before the show started what movie that's from. Where they just yeah, uh, <laughs> we both seen it. We both have the memory, but don't have the recollection of uh, what movie it's from. Maybe you guys can help us. Serenity Now is uh, the theme of today's show, but also uh, on today's show. Welcome, by the way, it's show number forty-one. My name is Cruz. My partner is Ian Barry. How are you? I'm doing great this week. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, actually. This is the program that's all about craft beer, uh, craft spirits, and fine cigars, and we are so. Thrilled to have you uh, joining us for the program. I think, Ian, are you saying less headphones? Is that what yes, you're saying please, about yes, me? <laughs> okay. I, I, know that, I know that look. And you're the only guitar player I know, by the way, who wants less headphones. <laughs> less headphones. Usually they're like, could I have more in the phones? Please? I was feeling aggro because you were yelling at me for a minute there. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Zen, serenity now. Serenity now. That's what I'm saying. We're back That's to what it. I'm saying. We, we had a little issue with the printer before the show started. Yes, yes. And we like to print out some of the articles and stuff we're going to read because- uh, it just makes it easier that way, and so I was. Uh, uh, my my limits of of the Zen uh, person that I aspire to be. Notice, notice, I'm not saying I am, just that I aspire to be. Yeah, they were being tested a little bit, but it's okay. We're all good. On today's show, how to know if your Cubans are fake? This is something that um, you know, in light of the explosion of of Cuban cigars in the U.S. because of the lessening of the trade issues with Cuba, right? You can now go, you can bring back a box of Cubans. Mm-hmm. You might be in uh, a place. I was in uh, Mexico, for example, um, uh, earlier this year. On my way back, stopped at the duty-free shop, bought a couple of Monte Cristo number twos, mm-hmm. brought, uh, brought something back for you, a little uh, uh, little gift. And, uh, you know, probably in the duty-free shops you're okay, but you might be a number of different places where they're selling Cuban cigars, and you may not know are they real or fake because the market for fake Cuban cigars is huge and now getting even bigger. Yeah, because all it takes because is of a, a cigar and a label. A cigar and a label <laughs> that looks that looks like yeah. a Cuban label. So we're going to give you some of the best tips on how to spot not only what you might be thinking are Cubans that you've purchased that are already in your humidor, uh, but also how to spot... Uh, fakes before you make the purchase and there's there's some really good ways uh, to do that so that's coming up on today's show we are also going to be tasting some fine beers and spirits uh we were going to taste a couple of these last week and we had the guys on from whiskey social that was so much fun um, and so we kind of ran out of time for a couple of the scheduled tastings. So we brought them uh, back this week. That includes the Southern Star Nagura Bunger Dark Ale. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That's why you have to take the beers, by the way, because they wouldn't have waited until this week for me. That's right. I Well, <laughs> so here's a great story. I went out of town this weekend, and uh, my uh, son-in-law and his girlfriend were staying over taking care of uh, the dog. And I actually put these beers in a bag that said, do not drink. Because <laughs> I was afraid of coming and going, oh, man, we're going to have those on the show. Uh, and then we also have the Harpoon, the Frosthammer Doppelbach, part of the Harpoon 100 Barrel Series. So, I'm pretty excited are, about are that. Are you a Doppelbach fan? I am. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know if that was one of your you know, the, more the, favorite varieties. The darker sides of beers are all my favorites. Yeah, the, well, you're, the box, you're, the Doppelbachs, You are, you the are Mr. Malt. The, Yes, love malty you are beers. Mr. Malt. Uh, not so malty, but uh, should be interesting to try is the uh, Killin' Time Blonde Ale from uh, Brazos Valley uh, Brewing Company, another Texas From brewery. the moment you put that down, that song has been running through my head. Oh, the Clint Black song? And I only know, like, the first phrase. <laughs> 
<laughs> there are worse songs to have in your head. I will say that. I only know five words for that whole song. This <laughs> killing time is killing, killing me. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's all it. I know. <laughs> uh, plus, we brought along some uh, rum today, which I think is going to be good. I can say this because I've actually already had a <laughs> I was going to say, you think it's going to be good. <laughs> it's the Zafra 21-year Master Reserve uh, rum. So we'll be trying that. And uh, there's so much going on in the world of cigars and beers and spirits. So much news, so many things to cover. And uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week. And I'm just you know, wondering, have you had a moment to like slow down and smoke something interesting? And if so, what can you tell us about it? So most of my week smoking cigars, I actually just smoked stuff that I've had before. Now, a buddy of mine uh, laid a bag of cigars on me yesterday that has a bunch of stuff that I haven't tried yet. So oh, we'll be reviewing okay. that in the Good. future. Um, and also, I have in my humidor a bunch of cigars uh, all from the same company. I didn't want every week to be the same. Right. You know. So, all but what I did do is I, I broke the I broke the mold a little bit. Um, I went outside and had a pipe. Oh, I haven't done that. I think since actually since we our did the pipe show. show. Yeah, right. yeah. And and I love smoking a pipe. I love the. It, there's a whole like the whole, you know, just f- breaking up the your tobacco. Yeah, the right? ritual. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. The whole ritual of it, just sitting down doing it, is so nice. And you can't do other stuff like with a cigar. Sometimes you can. I'm yes. doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing mm-hmm. this. When you're when you're gonna smoke a pipe, you're smoking a pipe. Yes, because you got to tend it. You got a lot of little things you got to do. And I uh, sat down with uh, a tobacco that I hadn't had in a while, and it's so delicious. It's the Esoterica Stonehaven, which Stonehaven. is Stonehaven. Yeah, so they also have one name. called Peacehaven, which the, is really nice. Those are both very pipey names. You know aren't what I mean? They? Like, <laughs> <aren't they? laughs> you think of you think of the guy with the big wizard beard and the whole uh, this, the whole outfit. This smoking smells like something Gandalf would be yes, smoking. Too. Yes, it, it actually has that, and so. Uh, this is a this is a Burley and Virginia blend, and it is just delicious. Like it smells great. The room note is amazing on this stuff. No one has ever complained when I'm smoking this, um, and uh, it's uh, it's got such a nice, rich smoke. I let mine dry out a little bit. It's a little moist when you first open the package. Mm-hmm. This is a flake. It comes pressed, and you actually have to break off a piece. It looks like you know, like taffy almost right (laughs) so you have to break off piece and and break it up you can chop it up you can do or rub it out is what a lot of people put it between their uh hands and kind of rub it out until it breaks up enough to put it in your pipe and i loaded my pipe up and i uh started uh you know i started uh lighting it and man the just the chocolatey notes the dark uh dark fruity Mm -hmm. notes in the in the back of this are so nice dark fruity like a like blueberry or like dark cherry kind of things going on a lot of vanilla a lot mm-hmm. of those things it was just it was, it was a wonderful time um did you smoke the pipe with the really long uh thing that you can use to point at people and look very the studious? church warden the church warden yes <laughs> actually no i smoked a pipe that is a uh rustic cut it's basically it's a uh, eric nording um uh, uh um uh, natural is what it's called, mm-hmm. and it's just a rough carved. It looks awesome. I mean, it just looks like it was hacked out, and it smokes great, and it's got a big bowl, and it's great for the aromatic tobaccos awesome. and stuff. So awesome. I had that. I'll, I'll put a picture of that pipe up a little later this afternoon. So how about you? Well, before uh, before I go there, let me just say that uh, this conversation has given me the idea for something that we could do here on the show. So let me run this by you. What if we got a group of people together, cigar smokers, on the show, right, and we played Cigar Smokers Jeopardy? where uh, we could have like a series of categories and all of the categories would be about cigars or tobacco or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of the categories could be 
what Gandalf is smoking. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That gave me the whole idea. See, I, I like that. So we'll have to flesh that out. This may take some work. <laughs> right. It'll probably be show number 141 before we get to that. But uh, Hell, we're having a, a heck of a time just getting to the uh, uh, the blind taste test of light beers. Well, it's because we're having to collect these light beers, and yes. they're not things that we normally no. are as inclined to buy. I, there's a I couple don't even I look at that part of the aisle 90% of the time, oddly <laughs> right? enough. So, so it's weird well, to find myself there looking. Well, we will, we will get to both of those things. Light beer taste test will be uh, first, of course. We're hoping to get to that in the next month or so. But we have a lot coming up in the next couple of months. So, yeah, we got uh, some good stuff lined yeah, up, some, don't we? Some really nice guests, and uh, we'll be doing a, a show uh, live from uh, another location and a whole lot of stuff. I did have a very interesting and excellent smoke while I was away for the weekend. Uh, I smoked the CAO Flathead V54 Camshaft. Nice. This is the sh- now, if you look at the CAO. The flathead line is their kind of Harley inspired, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, look look like they might be uh, paying homage to the chrome and steel of the bike. We um, had the spark plug out of that. Yes, and the spark plug was great. Now yeah, it's, it's a delicious. smaller one. Yeah. That was a great one. And then there's also the um, the V660 Carb, which is the big right. flathead cigar that was named the number three cigar of the year by Cigar Aficionado right. for 2016. So uh, this is kind of its little brother. The, uh, the camshaft, and it is uh, rolled with a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro wrapper. It's a very dark Maduro, almost dark enough you would call it an Oscuro uh, wow. uh, leaf. Uh, it's got Connecticut Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler. I'd heard some complaints about this cigar, and they're complaints I often have myself with Connecticut wrappers because they can be a bit thin, and sometimes when you snip them or punch them to uh, get them, you, they start unraveling a little right, bit on you. Right. I had no problems with this particular cigar. In fact, the construction on this, from the moment you like take it out of the cellophane, it's a beautiful, very extreme box press cigar. It's just gorgeous. Pre-light, earthy, and rich. It lights beautifully. The strength is really full right at first. And for me, at least, it felt like it settled into more of a medium body uh, as it smokes. Nice. Uh, spicy but smooth, notes of leather and earth, and this really complex sort of caramel chocolate flavor, which there's nothing in the world wrong with that. No, not uh, at all. Uh, I never had to relight it. The construction was excellent. It didn't uh, flake or, or burn weird. And sometimes the extreme box press have a hard time burning evenly. Uh, this one was fantastic. Uh, it's a 5 to $6 cigar. I would say it smokes more like an 8 or 9 And price mm. to quality, I'll give it a 7 I nice. thought it was terrific. Nice uh, rating. It's, uh, it was just, you know, maybe it was the moment. I was in the hill country. It was quiet. It was private. I lit it up. There was no wind blowing. It was just this wonderful, magical moment of zen. Uh, you had the whole thing going I had on. the whole thing You going. had the serenity now. Serenity now was happening, and it was in full. I had the little uh, uh, the little portable Bluetooth speaker, nice. and I was playing music that I liked, and it was just it was just a wonderful uh, like experience. And it got me to thinking that this is what smoking cigars is really all about. Yep. Certainly don't achieve that every time that I smoke, and I don't have to achieve that to enjoy the cigar. But when you get that moment where the cigar is great, I was uh, sipping on uh, a little bit of rum, and it was just, wow, what an experience. It was fantastic. So that, so I am Zen Boy. That at least, sounds like a wonderful at least, time. At least I was at that moment in time. All right, coming up, at Smoking and Toasting number 41, How to Know If Your Cubans Are Fake. We'll give you that uh, rundown. Plus, we're going to taste us some killing time, see if we can't 
enjoy some beer and get that song out of uh, Ian's head coming up. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Um, as as we put the show together, we're uh, we're recording this on May the eighteenth, uh, twenty seventeen, and hearing uh, the song intro from Allison Chains uh, reminds me. Allison Chains, of course, Lane Staley, their um, their singer has been uh, gone for quite some time, and uh, just this morning I saw the news uh, that Chris Cornell from Soundgarden Very sad has passed. About that. Yeah, and I was, I was huge just, fan. Yes, uh, I think I I often said you know if I could like wave a magic wand and have any singer's voice in the world. His is the one I would want. Yeah. He could because he could do the quiet thing, or he could just wail. Yep. He just had that that voice. He was, and he amazing. delivered it too. Yes, yes. Uh, I you know it's one of those things where now I'm just counting myself lucky that you know two years ago I got to see Soundgarden again, nice. and uh, just you know uh, saw him on a, a, a double bill with Nine Inch Nails, and they were fantastic. And I just thought. You know, at the time, I just thought, "Hey, that's great." I want you know, you I figure you'll see him several more times. You know, right. and, and uh, now that won't happen, obviously. So, um, and I loved his stuff with Audio Slave too. So, uh, just just a great, I saw, great, great singer. It's it's been a lot of years, but I saw um, I saw them open for Guns and Roses. I saw them wow. open for Ozzy. <laughs> Like, wow, that was, that was many years ago. I had a chance to interview Chris Cornell back in the Super Unknown uh, uh, days. That's when they really hit the radio. Uh, yes, it was when they really kind of hit the radio, and um, it, the band was touring. They were coming through town. Uh, I had a chance to interview him, and he was as nice as he could be. And there's two things I remember uh, I, because you know th- this is you know, and I say this as. A straight heterosexual male that's a good looking man chris cornell <laughs> is a handsome dude right and uh so I, i'm watching him he's sitting there and he, he, at the time I, I don't think he was still married but time he was married to an absolutely gorgeous woman and his band is blowing up and he's thought of as one of the greatest rock singers out there and all he did like the whole interview was just like stare at the countertop like he was so like he was not a happy guy, I guess oh, is what wow. I'm saying. At well, least some people are haunted. at least at least at that time. Yeah, uh, he was super nice. And the other thing I remember is the radio station that I worked at at that time. Uh, the control room door uh, had one very small uh, window, about I don't know, maybe uh, two feet high and a foot wide. A very small window in the door. And at one point in time, I remember looking up at it and seeing the face of every female who worked in the building sort of pressed against that, trying to get a glimpse of Chris Cornell. I told you, he's a handsome man. So uh, This is uh, Smoking and Toasting. Um, it's not a rock show, but uh, but hey, I've had many fine cigars listening to Sound, Soundgarden so, music. Uh, so another noted thing is uh, today is the day before tomorrow, of course, which yes. will be the Houston Whiskey Social. That's right. And we had the guys on last week, and yes. you're going to get to go. I am oh, un- heck yeah. I am unfortunately uh, not going to be able to because I have a previous commitment, but you're going to have to drink for both of us. Can you handle it? I, I This, I, I solemnly vow. <laughs> 
You're a good friend. I, I will do I this love for you. I, I don't usually sacrifice in. myself like yes. that, but I will do what I can. Right. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to uh, mention that, uh, and one of the things we'll talk about on the show today, the San Francisco World Spirits Competition was just held, uh, and they named uh, the best whiskeys in a number of categories. One of them a whiskey we had with the Whiskey Social guys uh, nice. last week when they were on the show. But that big event in Houston, if you're listening in Houston, that big event is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep, and you're going, and uh, you're going to taste all kinds of whiskeys, and I'm so come back and report about it, about it next yes. week. Oh, I hate that I'm missing this. So my uh, wife already has our, our our rounds planned out as to what we're going to try. I love. She's, she's so excited. She's about a it. planner like my wife. Yeah, she, yeah. you know, she she looks at she looks at the layout of the room and what's going to be where. <laughs> and okay, we're going to start over here. You know, do not go to Disney World with people like this if you want to just like hang out because <laughs> right. they will plan the day for you. Okay, at two p.m. we're going to have a turkey leg. Egg, and uh, that's the way it's going. Yeah, see, I'm not that way at all. I will just travel in if I say, oh, look, a giant ball of yarn. I'll stop there. <laughs> right. <laughs> a no. silver comb. I'm no. over here in, for a while. In fairness Whatever. to my wife, she's very flexible. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I think, though, the fact that I'm uh, going to miss the uh, whiskey social, uh, the only thing I can possibly do is maybe drown my sorrows. And so let's start the drinking portion of the program, shall we? Yes. That was a good can pop. Yeah, well, you know, I try. Yeah, it was, that was, <laughs> I was really having good. technical difficulties with that. I think the other week, but Brazos Valley Brewing Company is a Texas uh, microbrewery. Uh, they have a number of different beers. I remember back on show around number thirty or so. I believe we tried their uh, Mama Tried Citra yes. IPA, which I really liked a lot. And uh, being being IPA guy, uh, and now we're trying their Blondale. And I thought it would be perfect timing since it is summer. Uh, Ian is showing this to the camera, but the Killing Time uh, Blondale shows uh, a young lady who's playing cards. Obviously, just Killing Time. Uh, either that or, just or it's killing time. Either that or it's killing her. This killing time. Yeah. <laughs> this killing me. Does anybody know any other words to that song? <laughs> I think that I think that there's a line in it called "Drinking Myself Blind." Maybe. That, yeah. I mean, it rhymes. Yeah, it works for me. So this is a Blondale. Has a real. It's really nice on the nose. Actually, uh, I, I like blondes that have that little burst of of flavor to them that aren't just you know a sort of a light beer. You know what this I mean? Is, this is really interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. This is way maltier than you'd think. For a Blondale, yes, you're right. I just took that first sip. It's uh, You don't necessarily smell the malt? What's, okay, or, maybe, so, or maybe you do. I'm smelling the malt a little bit, but what? I, okay, so what I'm getting is this is very malt-forward uh, ale. I, Which may make it is, one of your favorite Blondales, because <laughs> you, really you are a malt guy. Uh, yeah, and it's got just a little bit of a snap to the finish uh, with the... With the um, hops but uh, none of that keeps it and from a little being, dryness like a wine which is really nice yeah none of that though i think keeps it from being very sessionable very perfect for summer well, it's pretty nice. uh, for, for summer drinking don't you think i agree this is fantastic yeah i uh, i'm uh, more impressed than i expected to be i have to say not that i had low expectations but um with with a blonde ale there's you know there's going to be some kind of you know uh limitations usually uh, to how much complexity it would have. This is yeah, well, maybe the most complex Blondale I've I ever had. I find with Blondales a lot of times you end up with either a lot of hops or just not a lot of body. Right. And this has a lot of body and not as much hops. It's actually. delicious. Very, yeah. The finish is awesome. It, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be buying this. Wow, that's really good. Once again, you have directly affected the sales of this beer. See, I'll be stopping on the way home. You know, that's one of the things about this show <laughs> is that let it let it be known, and we have proof of this, that this show does directly affect sales of beer and cigars 
even if it's only from Ian and myself. <laughs> we try to, we try to raise the That's numbers right. a little we, bit. We try to, we so try to work says, it. We use two row and Vienna malts with crystal hops to make this light and refresh, refreshing blonde ale. Kudos, guys. These guys rock. This mm-hmm. is made in Brenham. Yeah, Brazos Valley Brewing Company in yeah. Brenham, which is uh, in the sort of like nether regions between like Austin and College Station. So they have a little map here with a star where uh, where they are, and then they have a, uh, some little directions on a map that says Austin is a one-hour drive, College Station is a 40-minute drive, and Houston is a one-hour drive. Oh, so. so yeah, they're close to everything. Nice. Pour me some more of that, sir. Yeah, that's really that's good. That's really good. <laughs> you know, I, I think this may be... I'll just go ahead and say this. At this moment, I'm, I can tell you, this is my favorite Blondale that I've ever tried. It's delicious. It's really, really good. And I've tried a lot of them that I've really liked. Southern Star Bombshell Blonde is a great Blondale. Yeah, that's I a love, solid Blondale. I love the uh, St. Arnold um, uh, Amber, yeah. which is, is, I believe classifies as a Blondale, doesn't it? Mm, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I, I could be wrong. But I'll take it's, your word on that. It's, uh, I like it's their good. summer pills, though. Their summer but pills I love this. This is really, yeah, this mm. is so malty delicious. It's. Mm. I guess you just don't really see the uh, the lighter side of beers being malt forward like this. It also tastes you really know. fresh. Like, um, uh, yes, it does, which is interesting because you'd figure <laughs> yeah. it should be fresh. Well, it should be. It's craft beer. <laughs> it's not brewed that far away. No, not you at know? all. And, and it's, in, in fact... Fresh tasting beer. I love this story. The headline. Let me just read. Wait the a headline. second. What did you call this? The uh, Captain Obvious moment. The Captain. <laughs> that's right. Here's the Captain Obvious moment. Uh, this article appeared in Food and Wine magazine. Are you ready for this? Anheuser Busch is trying to make its beers taste fresher. Okay. I'm not so, kidding. That's the headline. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you want to make your beers taste fresher, you just make the beer fresh right well yeah and you know what in 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 fairness to anheuser-busch i mean they're the guys that started i believe the dating on the bottles yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and really making an effort to uh to make sure that they had very fresh beer in stores for people to, this, to buy this may be hokey uh or maybe hooey i don't know uh but as far as i understand we actually owe anheuser-busch for ac for air conditioning, yes, because wow. their work on learn uh, on making uh, refrigeration cars to keep their beer cold, like way back, wow, like led to modern AC in some ways. Thank you, Budweiser. Yes, well, that's as I understand it. If I'm wrong, somebody send me hate mail. That's fine. <laughs> I will take any mail. Anheuser Busch InBev told reporters this week that it's going to invest five hundred million dollars this year in the U.S. alone, according to a report in USA Today. About $82 million of that money will go into the company's distribution facilities in Los Angeles and Columbus, Ohio, where it's going to attempt to reduce the time between brewing the beer and shipping it out. So they're trying to get it out the door faster after the bottle cap goes on, basically. And with the reduction in time, there should be, according to the company, an increase in freshness. Um, uh, uh, Ibis World analysts wrote... Uh, last year, that major brands have struggled to maintain relevance among many U.S. consumers who've been transitioned away from lagers and light American-style pilsners in favor of craft beer styles. Uh, that's in part, some say, because the beers come from smaller breweries and often taste fresher. So you know what happened here. Yes. Anheuser-Busch did a research study. Yes. Spent probably half a million dollars. Here it goes. Captain, on a Captain focus, obvious group, moment. focus group research study. And one of the things that emerged out of this study, I've been in these focus groups, 
one of the things that emerged out of the study, people said, well, you know, and the craft beer is really fresh because it's, you know, it comes from, you know, a local or regional craft brewery most of the time. I mean, we drink some craft beer from across the country, but we drink a lot of it from right here, right? Yep. So the craft beer is really fresh. And they said, we must make our beer taste fresher. Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious <laughs> moment. So anyway, it's not a bad thing, by the way. I'm glad they're doing it. But uh, it is most definitely a Captain Obvious moment. Okay, coming up, we are going to taste, I mentioned Southern Star. We are going to taste a Southern Star Transylvanian-inspired dark ale. Next on Smoking and Toasting. Check, check, check. My mic is on. Hello, Chuck. Oh, hey. <laughs> okay. This is the part of the show where we get a little bit of it. Well, we got to hear more of Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, which is always a plus. Uh, love that band. Uh, welcome back to Smoking and Toast. <laughs> my name is Cruz, and my mic works. Is I've always wanted to do this. Is this on? I've always wanted to right. do that. I've never done it. Um, welcome back Hello. to the show. <laughs> it's a professional show. That's what, I was doing the NPR lean in right Oh, there. the NPR lean. Uh, I yes. love our guest last week, the guys from the uh, Whiskey Social, uh, commented in between a couple of the segments that they'd been on a number of shows, but that they, and they really said this, I'm not making this up, that ours was the most professional that they had been on. <laughs> which I makes feel me, bad for which them Which makes that. me really laugh, especially this week when uh, uh, I, I can't even manage <laughs> well. to, to uh, get my mic to work right. So, uh, Well, welcome back to the program. We are Smoking and Toast, and we're all about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My partner and friend, Ian Barry, uh, is here. Bobby, our producer, is uh, doing his thing as usual, and we always appreciate... Uh, everything that Bobby brings to the show Serenity as well. Serenity now. Serenity now. That's it. Uh, okay, so Cuban cigars are uh, back in the news in a big way because of the fact that the our ties with Cuba have been strengthened somewhat. It's now okay to go to Cuba and bring back a pretty decent quantity of cigars. Yeah. They're supposed to be for personal you use. You can actually go anywhere that is in the U.S., buy Cuban cigars and bring them back. And bring now, them right back, yes, which I was able to do from Mexico earlier yes. this year, which was Unfortunately, nice. though, yeah. someone goes, hey, you know what? If we take these cigars that aren't Cubans... Right. And we just print some labels that say Cuba. Well, that's right. And and the, the fake Cuban market has been a big deal for a, a long time. Now, you're not all that likely to go to Cuba and get fake Cubans. Right. Uh, but in other places in the world, I've bought them before, before I knew, you know, what to look for, uh, you know, in the Virgin Islands and places like that, you know, and, and you can find good real Cuban cigars there, but you can also find fakes. And you can also find, by the way, cigars that have beetles in them. So don't, like, I, yes. I, I'm not kidding. Be careful. Uh, when you bring back cigars from an unknown uh, source, you might want to isolate them uh, a little bit first and just make sure that If you find okay. little, uh, perfect little round holes Perfectly in the round holes, yep. And yeah. they like to do the holes, uh, the beetles like to do the holes underneath the cigar band. Yes. It's the first place you'll find them. When you take the band off, it's like, oh, what is that? In fact, every now and then I'll get a cigar that'll have like a spot or a hole in it and like, ah! But, I actually but had one about two weeks ago and it made me so paranoid. Like I pulled that whole drawer out of my, uh, mm-hmm. uh, my humidor and 
isolated all those cigars and just stared at them for like two weeks. And finally, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it turns out it was just a hole in the cigar. It was just one. Well, maybe maybe it had it, maybe not. But it was a hole. It was under the label. It was exactly what mm, you look for. Yeah. And I trashed the cigar. That is scary. And uh, and then I had one other cigar that was in the same batch that had it. I and promise I you. that. promise you it was not the Money Cristo number two that I gave no. you. That was real. That <laughs> yeah. was real. Real then, no Beatles. But I was real paranoid because my, you know, my cigar humidor is like, it's it's a cabinet with four drawers, so it's, mm-hmm. it's easy to isolate stuff, too. So. so here's some tips on how to spot the counterfeits, the fakes. Help me out. All right. Uh, on the box itself, and you don't have to be buying a box, but if the cigars are in the store in a box... You can look at the box itself. It should have a heat-stamped Habanos S.A. Heco in Cuba. H-E-C-H-O-E-N-C-U-B-A. Totalmente a mano. That should be stamped, hand-stamped across the base of the box. If that's not there, they are not real Cubans. Not the real deal. Uh, not the real deal. I'll, you know what I'll do is I'll do a Facebook post on this on the Facebook page because that's a lot to remember if yes. you're just listening to the show. So I'll post that on Facebook so you can you know take a look at it and maybe you know copy and paste if you like so you can keep it uh, uh, keep it with you. The green seal medallion on the left hand side of the box should always have the edge of the lid cover running right through the middle of it. This is a really good one because this is something that, you know, the counterfeiters might think to do the heat stamping, but this is one they may not get right. The The edge of the lid cover should run right through the middle of the green seal medallion on the left-hand side of the box if they're really Cuban. <clears throat> also, when you open a box, inhale deeply. It shouldn't be anything less than an amazingly rich aroma. <laughs> nice. I'm serious. Right, right. Like, if it's a little underwhelming, start having doubts. Seriously. Uh, and then touch the cigar. A genuine Habana will not have that hardened soft spot thing going on, uh, but it'll feel uniformly firm all the way throughout. The outside leaves of the cigar or wrappers should be uniform in color. No dry, chalky texture. You know how you right, see that on right. cigars sometimes? Uh, you should see only a rich, dark brown color when you look at the ends. And real Habanos have small, twig-like stems visible at the end and no green tobacco. So that's that's an important way that you can tell. And then here's one that the counterfeiters will often miss. The divider in the box should be a thin sheet of cedar with no cracks or splits. It's funny. They'll go to all the trouble to, like, counterfeit the cigars. Right. And then they won't go with the thin uh, sheet of, of cedar because they're, like, saving money. Uh, it should be cut perfectly to match the shape of the box and have a machine-cut Half moon shape in the upper right hand corner. Ah. So if you again, if you don't see the half moon, not real Cubans. And finally, uh, real Cubans are lo- uh, rolled with supple, soft, whole leaves. So if you if you find them to be, if it looks like it's shorter leaves, or if the cigar starts to feel really dry, you've either got a fake, or maybe a Cuban that's really dry, which you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna be as happy. Enjoy as the much fakes enough. are rolled with the brittle, shredded scraps of leaves, which break and crumble easily to the touch. That's what this uh, article that I took all of this from uh, says, which can be uh, found on the internet, by the way. And then two more things. Well, three. The band itself, particularly if it's Cohibas, the the Cohiba, the word Cohiba that goes around the band. 
is raised gold lettering. Mm-hmm. On most of the fakes, it is just flat. So if you don't feel the raised lettering when you run your finger across the band, that is a fake. And the fake one will have a bland print and kind of a washed out color. Also, the real Cohiba band is 15 millimeters. The fake Cohiba band is 17 millimeters. That's a little bigger, huh? Yeah, so look for that. Lighter wrapper with inconsistent light and darker tones on the fake ones. And uh, the Habanos Puros, the real thing, they have a uniform chocolate cover uh, and uh, a chocolate color to the cigar. In other words, there's not color variations to right. the leaf. So that's another thing uh, that you can look for. So uh, just a few tips on how to spot those uh, fake Cubans. All right. I got something here for us. Yes. I love this. Also, look for obvious signs. Hold on. Look yes. for obvious signs like Heco in Cuda. Yes. <laughs> or Heco in yeah. in uh, Coba. That's like when you get those uh, those emails, those fake emails from the prince, from the Saudi prince that wants to send you money. Right. But he like can't type in English very well. My, my yeah. brother spent some time overseas, and he sent me back. Uh, this guy had this full jogging suit that said Abibos. Abibos. <laughs> Abibos. I, I loved that Run DMC song, Ma Abibos. You remember I think, that? I think you got a couple letters wrong on I that. I think perhaps. Yeah, yes. I'll Run DMC. So you have that just. That makes me want to have an 808 kick uh, in front of me so I can just go. Doom, yes, doom, yes. Doom. Oh, I love me some 808. Um, Southern Star Brewing Company has released the Nagura Bunger. Which I think is combining two different languages, uh, but it's a Transylvanian-inspired dark ale, and I believe this is a limited-time seasonal beer from Southern Star in Conroe. You mentioned you've been seeing it around. I've been seeing it. I haven't uh, committed to buying one, and well, you brought one, so I'm excited about it. And it's you delicious. got one now. So I'm just, I'm just trying it on the nose, and boy, I can tell you're going to like this. Yeah, it so is delicious. Malty. It is all malt. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can get it on the nose. I haven't even taken a sip yet, but you can yeah, tell how malty this is. Now, when I think of dark ales, I don't necessarily think of something quite this chocolatey malty. I think of you know maybe something I don't know. This has a little bit of a porter kind of uh, vibe. To yes, it, it does. Um, it's almost it's like little... halfway between like a black ale. What I would expect. A black right, ale right, right. to be and a porter. Well, it has a little less porter mouthfeel, though. It has more of a like a black ale kind of. But you can get that thing. coffee vibe a but little there's bit. There's definitely, like the porter, yes. there's definitely like an espresso kind of. This is uh, a really, it's really nice. delicious beer. Yeah. Uh, I love the flavor. We're batting profile. a thousand today, right? Boy, we are, and and I have a feeling. I don't know. We'll have to see when we open it, but I have a feeling we're going to do all right with our third. On beer the uh, on the exhale too, a little bit of brown sugar, kind of mm-hmm. uh, turbinado sugar flavors. You're tasting right there. That's wow, so good, Ian. That's delicious. Yeah, buying, we are. I'm buying more of that too. We, we are two for two uh, so far <laughs> on the program today. So uh, Southern Star is a great little brewery in uh, in Conroe, Texas. Conroe, Texas, um, and they their stuff is available throughout. You know, most of the state of Texas, I believe. Yeah. Uh, certainly throughout the Houston and uh, College Station areas. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen it in Austin. Yeah, most places well. you'll find the Bombshell Blonde, and then uh, they, they make one called the uh, Buried Hatchet Stout. Oh, yeah. That's a stout is, to be dealt with. Yes. That is not to be uh, handled with kid gloves. That uh, It's 10%. Yes. And, and equally as potent, but a very different beer, is their Pine Belt Pale Ale. Yes. I don't know if you've had that before. Yes, but I that's, have. That's a very serious IPA-leaning pale ale that's uh, uh, 
uh, we'll knock you on your butt. That's what it'll do. It's, yeah. it's a strong <laughs> beer. Uh, I don't know. Um, I was looking, trying to see if the alcohol content was on the can on this, but it doesn't feel like doesn't it's feel a, big. doesn't a, feel above a, like a 6% or yeah. 6% or less is what it feels like. Yeah, that, that's delicious. So two that we highly recommend that couldn't be more different, by the way. That we've had so far on the show today. Both of them are delicious. Yeah, both of them just absolutely delicious. So big thumbs up. All right, when we return, the Zafra 21-year-old Master Reserve Rum uh, matured in bourbon casks. We'll be getting to that and looking forward to it. Serenity now, indeed. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Uh, this is show number 41. Can you believe this thing's been around for 41 episodes? <laughs> and we aren't even close to running out of beer. No, no, I still yeah. can talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back. My name is Cruz, my uh, partner, Ian Barry, and uh, you are listening to Smoking and Toasting. It's the program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Still enjoying the Southern Star, just sipping on the last oh, remnants of this can. I, I totally just took the rest of the can. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it went. I was like, "Well, I figured you got the rest of the uh, you got the rest of the uh, killing time, so All I took right. the rest of the fair enough, fair enough, Southern Star. Uh, fair enough. Hey, um, I mentioned, uh, and we're going to taste the rum in this segment. I mentioned that rum, the San Francisco rum, um, rum. Uh, Spirits Competition uh, was just held, and I thought I would share with you a few of the winners. Uh, we got uh, spirit. in the whiskey. Yes, we do. In the whiskey category, we got spirit. Uh, How about you? The winner in the best in show whiskey and best rye whiskey went to Whistle Pig. Nice, Boss Hogs Black Prince Rye Whiskey. Yes, it's a three hundred and fifty dollar bottle of whiskey, but I love the. I think it's a pig snout on the top of mm-hmm. the uh, on the top of the uh, uh, cap. Uh, very cool. Uh, best straight bourbon. Went to David Nicholson Reserve, Kentucky Straight Bourbon, at $33 a bottle. Wow. So put that on your must-try list. Um, The uh, best small batch bourbon in the up to five-year category went to Kings County Distillery Bottled in Bond Straight Bourbon, which looks very interesting. And the the best bourbon, small batch bourbon, six to ten-year category went to the Barrel Batch 011 Cask Strength Straight bourbon. One of the reasons I wanted to share this article is one of my favorites is here in the best single barrel bourbon, best single barrel bourbon up to 10 years category. Both of those was won by Blanton's straight from the barrel bourbon. That's amazing. And that is a really, really fine, fine whiskey. And speaking of fine whiskeys and ringing in at about $50 a bottle, the Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon. Uh, won the best small batch bourbon, eleven years and older. You and I tasted yes. that last week with our uh, friends from and, the Whiskey Social, and both of us, like at the first sip, were like, "Okay, this. yeah, okay, we <laughs> this like is it, good." Yeah. So there were a number of other uh, winners. Uh, I I thought the best corn whiskey was interesting because it's a thirty five dollar bottle. It's the stolen eleven year old American whiskey stolen. Hmm. Doesn't that sound like more like a Liam Neeson movie than a whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> I will find your whiskey, and then I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> or or, or uh, 
I have a very specific set of skills. Yes, that's right. I know that's a totally different actor, but I love saying that. Like, that's the best part of the movie. I, I like it. I like it very much. And, and you know, it could apply to whiskey. So we have a rum to try. Yes, we do. So whenever I think of rum, I think to myself, what actually do you do with a drunken sailor? <laughs> and I'm not sure what the answer to that is. Something oh, about that's nice. put him in a rowboat till he's sober, but that yeah, doesn't seem right yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't seem too nice, does it? Uh, we have a really um, interesting uh, rum uh, to sample here. It is the Zafra, twenty-one year Master Reserve uh, rum. So this is of all of the rums that we have tasted on the show so far. I want to say this one may be the oldest. Because uh, it's a 21 year. I believe that's year. right. I, yeah. I was surprised when you said 21 yeah. years. Because usually rums, like an aged yeah. rum, an Añejo is just a year. Right. And and usually even the really well-aged, you might say, is more like a 12-year. Right. Uh, when it comes to right. rum. So a 12-year. So 21 years year, so. is a pretty old rum. So here's what it says. In Spanish, zafra refers to the act of harvesting sugarcane. It's a moment in time when nature rewards men for months of dedicated and arduous labor. After the harvest, our skilled master distiller transforms the gathered cane into rum, and after careful maturation in selected oak casks, the alchemy is complete. I love when people use that word. Converting aged rum into the masterpiece we call Zafra Master Reserve. That's right from the bottle. And by the way, uh, this is from Panama. So, a couple notes. First off, it smells amazing. Yeah, it's got a... Like, mm. did you bring anything that's even mediocre oh, I'm, today? I'm, I'm, I'm on fire today, <laughs> yes, is what it's all about. I am totally on fire it. today. So. Uh-huh. Um, it smells amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, yes, um, it's got that wonderful color that's somewhere in between... Um, it's a golden amber, Golden brown, yes. Dark amber. It's very caramel uh, colored. Like a topaz with just mm-hmm. a little bit more darkness to it it's got huge legs too. look at it on the glass it oh. just sticks to the glass it's awesome. and if you if you do that thing where you put your nose in the glass uh-huh. and you inhale with your mouth open yeah that's beautiful isn't that is, it it's it, this smells that's, fantastic that's beautiful that the first thing you I can noticed. get notes in addition to the sort of usual aged rum notes like vanilla and oak uh you can almost pick out some cinnamon and uh just uh a brown sugar no, like, just, yeah, brown sugar. just in the inhale. You can almost taste that cane sugar flavor, like just the cane sugar flavor by itself, mm-hmm. that sugar in the raw kind of thing. You Right. It's almost, I don't know if you've ever had, have you ever had a, a, a sugar cane stick, like the actual raw Actually, sugar Actually, oddly, cane? yes. Yes. Uh, but it's got, it's got kind of that flavor yes. to it, like if you were just kind of chewing on the end of a sugar cane stick. And, um... And it's got a little spice to it too. Like this is a spiced rum or a, uh, aged mm. rum, maybe not a spiced rum, but it's got. It's a little not a spice, spice but, it, it, but uh, it does have some spice to the flavor. But uh, and not not your traditional spiced rum flavor. It's it's. Here's it's what I find I think most interesting, interesting. about it. Um, I've had eight year and twelve year rums that have smoothed out more than this. This has a definite kick to it. No, this has this has it's a pleasant heat though. Oh, like, I like it's it. Not don't, an obtrusive yeah, yeah, heat, no, man. It just rolls. No, don't get me wrong, I like it very much, but it is it is definitely. Uh, I've had rum that uh, that makes you sort of less aware that you're drinking something with high alcohol right, content. Right, right. Uh, whereas this one, you know what you're drinking, and that can be good. Can I just say that? Yeah. Sometimes you need to know 
that what you're drinking right. has well, a little to a degree. I actually it. like it when it has a little bit mm-hmm. of like, hey, you are actually drinking liquor at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, too smooth, obviously, can be kind of dangerous too. Well, um, reminds me of the Skelly tequila. It's so smooth that, stuff is delicious. that you can put it away and yeah. just not even realize. The dangerous, delicious, yes, dangerous. This is fantastic. You're you are this literally is- batting a thousand today. Everyone, everything you've brought in so far is fantastic. I think it's a very sophisticated tasting rum. Uh, it's very complex. It's yeah, it's has still a lot of flavors. Stuff. Right, a lot of flavors working on the tongue even after you've uh, you've swallowed it a moment ago. You know, it's got to linger, but in the best kind of possible way too. I want to say this about you know, and I don't remember now, but I want to say it's about a sixty-five dollar bottle. It's not a, it's not one of the cheapest you will buy, but it wasn't outrageous. I mean, you can spend you know, just like in whiskey, it's you can spend one hundred hundred twenty dollars for a bottle if you if you want to. Uh, but a lot of the rums you'll see on the shelf are in the say twenty to forty dollar category. This one was a little more than those. So you know, this with a beer back, much like that Killing Time, or even this uh, even this uh, Nigura, is delicious together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like these combine real nicely, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the flavors work right around each other, and you taste both of them really nicely. I wanted to pass this along. Uh, do you recall that um, uh, I mentioned Cigars International, which we both yes, have ordered yes, yes. from in in the past and s- still do? That I'd placed that order where it got kind of messed got up. Wonky, yeah. I ultimately got my cigars. It just took a little longer. Or as my friends in the country would say, Caddy Wampus. Caddy Wampus. I like that yeah. word. Yes. Uh, so, but I I mentioned on uh, several shows ago that I'd gotten an email from them with basically a fifty dollar. Like, here's $50 towards your next order. I was blown away. Um, Interestingly enough, they're still having some problems, and their stock has been downgraded as a result of it. Scandinavian Tobacco Group, which is the parent company of General Cigar Company and Cigars International, has issued a revised guidance for investors, revealing that 2017 will likely be worse than expected. For the second time this year, the company's indicated that the new IT infrastructure – at Cigars International, which is, by the way, the world's largest retailer of cigars. Largest in the world That's out of crazy. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. This new IT infrastructure is causing problems uh, for the bottom line. They believed those issues would be resolved by now, uh, but it now expects them to last uh, through the second quarter and normalization, as they call it, uh, to not occur uh, until the third quarter. I will mention that I have uh, recently placed an order, and it appears to be on schedule to arrive tomorrow, which is nice. exactly the right amount of, of time based on what they uh, said it would do. So I was I was looking at it saying, well, I guess they've got those you know problems kind of ironed out now at this point, you know. Um, I enjoy um, ordering uh, cigars online. I, I try to split my cigar purchases between the onlines where I'm looking for deals, yeah, and then supporting my local tobacconist where I'm not. As much looking for deals as I am looking to support those guys and like walk in and go, hey, point me to something good. Like I love doing that, you know, where yeah. where you walk in, place like, you know, McCoy's Cigars downtown Houston, you go, what should I be smoking next, you know? And then and they always have opinions. They're yeah, like, I what love kind that. of cigar do you like? I love that question. Well, I, generally for me, it's like Maduro full bodied right. and, and cigar 
uh, curators love to hear that. I remember the first live show that we did with uh, Mike from Friendly Fire yeah, Cigars. Yeah. It was exactly was so what you did. He pointed us to the spark plug. Remember that yes. we talked about that, the CAO spark plug? Actually, yeah, yeah. So he, he pointed us to that, and then I had that uh, Esteli uh, Hernandez. Oh, y- yes. Herrera's. Uh, Herrera. Yeah. Estella Herrera. That's Estella Herrera. Yeah. Yep. That was so yep. good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I always enjoy going into those stores because they will have taken a leap on something i haven't seen before yep you know and i love going oh what is this i haven't mm-hmm. seen this cigar and i i guess that's i guess something like that in craft beer too like yeah. like i'm like what do you have on tap oh i've never tried that i'll have one you know that's it's part of the adventure of of this thing that we do this you know this this sort of hobby so all right coming up we have uh what looks like it's going to be an amazing beer. And if it is, I'm batting a thousand all the way across. The Harpoon 100 Barrel Series Frost Hammer Doppelbach. Sounds awesome. In the bomber. And is epic. is uh, coming up. Plus, uh, Gurkha is holding a scavenger hunt. I have to tell you about that coming up. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting and our final segment for uh, show number 41. Um, so we were talking during the break about what to title the show today. The original thought I had was to call it uh, How to Know If Your Cubans Are Fake because that was you know one of the things we were going to talk about. And I thought it was a, a really good and important article that we, that we were able to share on the show. But then when we opened the show and Ian started with the whole Serenity Now. Serenity Now. Serenity Now. I thought, well, well maybe we should call it that. And so fortunately, uh, smarter minds than me went to work on the project. And the title of this show will be How to Know If Your Cubans Are Fake or serenity now yes and bobby uh, brought up during the break that ian and i were racking our brains as to what movie that came from it wasn't a movie at all it was seinfeld it was seinfeld yeah. <laughs> it always comes back to seinfeld <laughs> doesn't it how many things in our popular culture come back to seinfeld it's, it's amazing i mean uh, uh master of your domain like think of all the things the yes. bubble boy like all the things from that show that are part of like conversation that people bring back up that originated from the writers. And One of the thought. funniest ones, the Man Hands episode, oh, that was which great. was simultaneously the uh, the uh, uh, Bizarro Seinfeld yes, episode. Yes, oh, it was that great. was funny. It was great. And my personal favorite was the one where Jerry. Uh, has to wear the glasses so he doesn't offend the guy, and he's got those ridiculous looking glasses. <laughs> like it's like it's just a simple sight gag, but it's awesome. Uh, I don't know, I don't know how that could, could be. Uh, more funny that show i just don't know all right are we gonna do beer or news let's first? well let's do beer and then i want to tell you though we got to leave ourselves time because i got to tell you about the gurkha scavenger hunt that's coming up in atlanta i heard that starting to fizz so I there can we t- go. yeah yeah all right so we are tasting the um harpoon 100 barrel series frost hammer doppelbach now i am a harpoon brewery fan because i spent seven years living in boston massachusetts and boston is a great beer town uh samuel adams of, of course originated out of boston arguably the first real 
serious craft brewery in America. And uh, they're located there. They do a lot of events. They're really supportive of the city. It's awesome. And then Harpoon, probably my personal favorite brewery in Boston. The guys there were just terrific. I got to know them while I was there. That's how often I was at the brewery. <laughs> uh, but they did, you know, they did great, you know, music festivals and all these kind of things. And their IPA was the the IPA that basically opened up the world of beer, of craft beer, to me. And uh, so I've never seen this before. I bought it in the store about three weeks ago to bring in and taste on the show. It's the Harpoon. It's in a bomber. It's the Harpoon Frost Hammer Doppelbach. I, f- I feel and like you brought this in just for me because it is, in fact, a deep, dark, rich, and rewarding uh, Doppelbach. It's their take on a German tradition. This is one mighty, malty box style beer. Now, if it sounds like I'm reading right off the label, I actually kind of am. Kinda I did, work, however, yeah. paraphrase it a little bit. That's because, good. That's good to know. You know, I wanted to make it sound like it was me. Uh, it's also <laughs> <laughs> it's also ten point seven percent. Oh well, there you go. So we saved <laughs> buyers the, beware. We saved the big for last. Yes. <laughs> right. uh, so well, the first thing, and I don't know whether you've taken a sip or just smelled it, but I saw. A, a look of this joy across your face. So you've tasted this. This now. is amazing. This is so good. It's Ugh. so. This is everything a Doppelbach should actually be. Fascinating. Yeah, That's it good. is so good. Now, what it doesn't have, and 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 it wouldn't because it's a Doppelbach, but it doesn't have uh, what other sort of darker beers that we've been tasting lately. It doesn't have any of those barley wine characteristics. None of the raisiny date. Uh, type things but what is the sweetness in the sweetness is it's so good it's that malt like oh this is this is the kind of sweetness you get you do you remember the old-fashioned malts i'm not talking about just getting a milkshake i'm talking about getting a malt oh when you get a malt malt at the drugstore yes and they put that extra powder in there Uh the malt powder yes (laughs) that's what this that's malt kind of like a beer version of it's different than chocolate it's different than all mm-hmm. those other things mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. sweet and it's it's actually just malt the closest that people may have come to it because you don't find malts available that much anymore right. would be the flavor of malted milk balls yes you know yes there's some of that mm-hmm. in there too. there's a little bit of that malt um, and this is amazing and the mouthfeel is quite heavy actually mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 much thicker mouth it's got some uh, viscosity Yes, viscosity, that's a great word. I love that. <laughs> um, it's got such a big mouthfeel to it. I, I absolutely love this beer. It, it's also gorgeous. It's not as dark as the flavor would suggest either. It's uh, it's a dark uh, reddish amber, um, and it's, man, well, I had good? a feeling that the guys that I knew at Harpoon, and I got a chance to hang out um, at the brewery when I was living in Boston a little bit and got to meet the uh, master brewer and, in fact, got got a chance to take a photo hugging one of the uh, big stainless steel uh, beer vats like Norm in the Cheers like episode. The Cheers yes, <laughs> I got a chance to take a photo. I'll have to dig that out somewhere and uh, put it up on the Facebook page. But, uh, but yes, it's – I. Those guys love beer. Their their slogan, not to just quote company slogans, but their slogan I always love because it's love beer, love life, harpoon. That's their yes. that's their slogan has been for a long time. And they are just beer lovers. Not that other people at other breweries aren't, but I just know these guys, you know, I got to know some of these guys personally, and I just know how passionate they are. Like our friend uh, Mark, who's been on the show, you know how passionate yes, he that is, guy is so about fun. beer. He's he's a lot of fun. We'll have him I want to mention soon. a few things as you take this next sip. Uh, mm-hmm. Gingerbread. Mm. 
There's a little gingerbread on the back end of this that is okay. Like, yes, like you got to get it all over your tongue before you swallow, and then swallow, and then this light breath out is gingerbread with just a kiss of cinnamon. So there is, but I will say this: we had a gingerbread stout yes. on our Christmas show, and it's not nearly as strong a gingerbread. Taste no, no, as no! That. This is very this is subtle. Hint, whisk. Very subtle. Like you have to feel for it. That's what mm. I, there was something in there that I was going. There's something. Like I've got to figure out what that is, and that's what strikes me is it's, it's a gingerbread, sweet, malty flavor. This is amazing. So how am I doing today, Ian? You you <laughs> rocked it today. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had out of forty one episodes now. I don't yeah. think I've had a single show where everything was this good. Like this wow. is an amazing day. It really is an amazing. Either that day. or Serenity Now really works. I'm telling you, Serenity Now Serenity is what it's now. all about, my friend. Serenity. That's now. what it's all about. Uh, so here's something that uh, I wanted to make sure we had time to share with you, and I believe we do. Uh, Gurkha, the cigar company, and Ian and I have both uh, admitted to being fans of Gurkha, although I have some issues with the construction on some of their cigars. Agreed. I've, I've talked about that. But they, they roll delicious cigars. They're holding a scavenger hunt in Atlanta on June the 3rd, 2017. And Ian, you may want to get on Expedia right now. What's going on here? The scavenger hunt is an interactive smoking scavenger hunt held throughout the city of Atlanta, Saturday, June 3rd, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. They say in the press release, Atlanta has been such a strong supporter of Gurkha cigars, and we're thrilled to work with local retailers to create an activity where our customers can have a great time and also celebrate their love of a good smoke. That's Juan Lopez, National Sales Director of Gurkha Cigars. Giving a customer a box of cigars per month for a year is an unprecedented surprise for the cigar industry and one we are excited to give. The winner of the scavenger hunt gets a box of Gurkhas every month for a year. I would I would actually do dirty deeds for that. Oh, you want Expedia right now? Is that what you're <laughs> doing, picking about. up your phone? I see you over there, yep. Uh, so there's no cost to join, but participants will be required to purchase Gurkha cigars at Scavenger Hunt stops to receive the next clue. Well, that shouldn't be a big deal, right? As well as a variety of Gurkha merchandise, including tin signs, flasks, Gurkha t-shirt, cigar carrying case. All participants must pre-register at the Gurkha website, which I believe is Gurkha, G-U-R-K-H-A, Gurkha.com. You have to pre-register in order to participate. The participants will meet at the Cigar Depot at 4900 uh, Stewart Mill Road in Atlanta to receive their first clue. The hunt will then take them to several select cigar lounges. Doesn't this sound like a blast? That sounds like, like a even if you don't win, this is going to be a totally blast. We totally need to rip off this idea. We're yes. Well, like, we're, oh, we're stealing it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, it then goes to several select cigar lounges throughout the city, and they'll, you'll have the opportunity to collect Gurkha merchandise along the way. It'll conclude with a party that's open to all at the Paradise Island Smoke Shop on Snapfinger Road in Lithonia, Georgia. The winner will receive the unprecedented grand prize of a box of Gurkha cigars each month for one year, estimated at a retail value of more than $2,400, and lots of Gurkha merchandises. Uh, Second and third place winners get a box of Gurkha cigars and a Gurkha backpack filled with Gurkha swag and goodies. 
What do you think? That's pretty sweet. I, I at least want to be friends with the guy that wins. Yeah, right. Uh, dude, I'm coming over there to your house. Gurkha makes a lot of flavors that I really enjoy. Like yeah. the Beast, uh, the Gurkha Beast, I think, mm-hmm. is brilliant. Their Spec Ops is awesome. Is it awesome. the Centurion? Is there a Gurkha The Centurion, Centurion? is yes. delicious. Yeah, yeah, I remember absolutely. that. I like that a lot. Um, uh, you know, my only complaint with Gurkha has yeah. been that some of their cigars have come apart on me, and it seems like as a brand that happens more often than I think of with other brands, especially other really ultra-premium brands right. uh, like Gurkha. And some of their cigars are very reasonable. Some are, are much more expensive. Their but... Status Series mm-hmm. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, And those were a little. Those were, those were definitely ultra-premium. We'll have to get a Gurkha representative on the show to tell us how this went, unless you're That's going. Right. If you're going, then... Uh, Oh man! <laughs> can I get can I get funding for this? Yeah. <laughs> we'll Anybody talk, out there that wants we'll to send me funding that. to yeah. uh, to go? You try should and win start this. A, a Kickstarter campaign. I like to figure that I'm send, a ringer on this one. Send uh, send Ian to the uh, to the Gurkha uh, uh, scavenger. We can, we can start a whole series of how dumb can Ian be? You just send me different places. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Watch me count uh, man sticks. Well, I think you're a pretty smart guy, and I have some proof of that. You have poured your beer glass full of the harpoon uh, doppelbox so that we use, the frost hammer. It's so uh, good. Well, Ian, here's to uh, a great show. Great, at least in what we get to taste, if nothing else. You know, and and great because you know when when all else fails, my friends, remember these words: Serenity now. Serenity now. For smoking and toasting, I'm Cruz. He's Ian. Have a great week and cheers. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.